Hello and welcome to Technicity Daily Market Report for May the 16th, 2022. This is our podcast where we discuss the day's events and news and levels and macroeconomic drivers behind stocks, forex and crypto markets. Always a roller coaster ride, never a dull moment in markets. Once you start following them closely, it honestly it's fairly when you talk about numbers and you talk about macroeconomics, those are two words that most of people probably turn their ears off at that point. But when you really start to look at the driving factors behind markets and the moves that they make and the implications, the the repercussions of what those moves do in so many people's lives, it is anything but dry or boring. So here to help us make sense of it all and save us an awful lot of legwork, Mr. Fessel Hahn. Good morning, Fessel. How are you today? Morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. good. I'm very well, thanks. How uh, are the markets looking? You're, you're, you're right about having never having a dull moment in in the markets. And there's right? a saying in uh, in markets. Yeah, they call it something like "sell in May and go away." So basically, what happens is <laughs> summer is usually seen as somewhat of a dull period for markets, right? It's a slow period. People are away for vacations and stuff like that. So uh, that's where it emanated. It doesn't necessarily mean that it pans out every time that way or even at all. But so far, the selling has been quite intense. (laughs) Uh, That's for sure. And uh, uh, it was a a pretty chaotic week to that effect uh, the last week. And... uh, uh, I would start off with some numbers. We did see a good rebound on Friday. Nice little rebound because the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, said that 75 basis point hikes were off the table for now. And that kind of instilled some confidence in investors. Doesn't change the basic fundamental dynamic that they are still hiking rates and they're still hiking them pretty aggressively but the expectation of even bigger hikes is off the table for now is good enough for investors to take a take a sigh of relief i should say having said that friday's gains were not enough to erase all the losses that we have seen the previous week still worried about the uh, investors are still worried about the fed's ability to control inflation at, at the kind of level it is right now and if even if they do eventually control it with even more ag- aggressive hikes that we were talking about, it's probably going to push the U.S. economy into recession. And that R word is being really dreaded right now in markets because increasingly analysts are thinking that that's what's going to happen. So that's keeping the stocks continuously under pressure. Uh, I guess uh, the Dow Jones Dow Jones index ended its seventh weekly loss in a row, making it the longest losing streak since 2001. Uh, the S and P 500 slid 2.4 percent for its longest weekly losing streaks since 2011. So that this kind of gives you the scale of selling that has taken place recently in the markets. Uh, the S and P 500 is also. off its record high recently. So it's uh, getting close to the bear market indicator, which is when 20%, when when an index slides 20% below its recent peak. And to that effect, NASDAQ is already down more than 27%. So it is technically in a bear market. Uh, On yesterday, last night, 
Uh, I should say China's economy got some new data and uh, it wasn't very encouraging as it seems that the COVID zero policy that the second largest economy is pursuing is uh, pushing it into further deeper into economic troubles because uh, the consumer spending slid and hit its worst level since the pandemic began and the industrial output also declined. Uh, the country reported retail sales, which were 11.1% lower in April, mostly hurt by lockdowns, obviously. And the industrial production dropped by 2.9% from a year ago. So that led to a decline in the Chinese stock index, CSI 300 by 0.8%. Um, having said that, Chinese central bank is still refraining from f any further easing at this point. Because what that does is that kind of pushes, that affects the, um, what do you call, the exchange rate. And that's something that China has pursued very strongly over the years. It kind of keeps its exchange rate in a certain range because it, it does not want its exports to suffer. So it's somewhat of a manipulation and a talking point between China and the West and the U.S. specifically for a long time because they keep blaming China for that uh, controlling the foreign exchange rate, which should be open market per se as some of the other currencies. But again, if it is left on its own, China's currency is probably going to strengthen a lot and that's eventually hurts the exports of a country if right. your exchange rate is strengthened, right? The cheaper mm -hmm. your currency is, the cheaper goods you you have, and the more people can uh, import from you. And that's what pretty much China does. Makes sense. So a bit, bit, of, a, uh, bit of an up and down in uh, U.S. Uh, stock markets right now as well. The futures were flat to a little bit negative as we started the day. Uh, went up as the market opened, then slid down again, then went back up again, and we are in the negative territory again now. Dow is down 177 points, NASDAQ is down 141, and S&P is down 30. So uh, usually the start of the week and Monday is an, a little bit of an un uneventful time, but seems that volatility is still in the markets. You can still see it uh, taking place in the indices and market nerves still seem to have not settled down yet as we would like. The data is, isn't helping either. And again, that recession talk is just uh, keeping everything under, under pressure for, for U.S. stocks and generally the global economy. Want to look at uh, what the oil is doing because it did jump up significantly over the weekend. And did you check out the gas prices over the, the weekend, by the way? Fortunately, I got gas uh, before the prices spiked, but they are definitely on a yeah. continual upswing. Yeah, it was. Uh, fortunately, I, I got filled it up at $1.96 a liter here in Canada. Yeah. Uh, just before it jumped up to 209 <laughs> yesterday. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, it's uh, it's hurting consumers, man. It's uh, no kidding. It's uh, pretty pain painful for consumers, and this is certainly not going to help with the inflation as well. Exactly. And and, and the gas prices are pretty much a universal phenomenon right now. Pretty universal, U.S., yeah. Europe, uh, Asia, everywhere. 
the, the and and emerging economies and poor countries who have low income countries are suffering even more because they don't have that kind of financial cushion really right to you know uh, deal with this and the financial burden on them is mounting the prospect of the expense of an electric car is starting to seem to be a lot more palatable <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah talking about electric cars i think i'm i have uh, brought forward my plans to get one because this if <laughs> this is the way the fuel prices are going this yeah. is gonna the affordability is just gonna get ridiculous it, it okay. already has yeah not not that it hasn't but yeah, so the oil uh, is uh, spiking again this morning. It's at $111.20 as we speak. The support level in the, in the daily chart stands at 109.20. If that breaks, we can see it go down to 108.20 and 106.13 extension, but a strong bullish channel here. And I would expect oil to climb further. And it's at its highest level in, I would say, more than a week now. So it's headed towards that $113 mark again. More pain for consumers. So I think a lot of car, a lot of people are going to be making that decision soon to switch to electric cars, even if they're expensive. But if they don't have an ongoing tab filling up a tank for $200, I think that sounds pretty enticing to me. Exactly. I can't help but wonder <laughs> if that's not all part of a design or part of a plan. I know that's kind of left field, but it seems to be kind of coincidental that as gas prices continue to go up, you know, the rise of electric car manufacturing is also on the upswing. I mean, it almost seems like perfect timing, and I'm sure that that can't be a coincidence entirely, but it certainly seems like there's a much bigger drive to buy an electric car when the gas prices are simply not affordable for most people. Glad that you you, you brought that up because uh, while at the same time uh, we are seeing these oil prices go up and maybe it is something of, of a thing that eventually you they want a, a quicker shift to electric cars, which people people would have, you know, taken a little while to think about and but there's another supply chain problem of chip shortage that's adding to the price of electric yeah, of cars course. too because they're bumping up the electric car prices as well so yep. it's kind of a balancing decision that you have to make but i mean i did some math myself over the weekend about uh, getting an electric car as i said i was thinking myself and uh, yeah it turns out it's a much better and viable choice right now and eventually yep. going and looking at the future the the, the gas cars are going to be banned uh, pretty soon too, yeah. anyways so it's it's better to start making that shift and getting comfortable with those electric cars yeah i think you can look at it from you we can look at it from the other perspective as well as obviously it's easy to cry conspiracy at everything but it's also a factor that you know the oil companies must know that their days are kind of numbered as well so as far as with the increase in the amount of electric cars being made already and the amount of new models that manufacturers are introducing within the next 2 to 3 years it's almost as if oil is going to get phased out and they know it right and i'm sure that they've yeah. known that this trend was coming for <laughs> close to 20 years at least right yeah. so yeah i'm sure that that's that's more uh, a more reasonable explanation is that 
the oil prices are going up now because simply speaking, they're they're not going to have an industry within the next 20 years, right. not, at least not the way it is today. I'm sure there will always be some use for fossil fuels. Uh, we're not going to get away from dependence on it entirely anytime soon, but definitely the, the landscape is going to look entirely different in 20 years than it does today. Yeah. And and that's been my, my point of view for a few years now that, you know, uh, fossil fuels are on the way out. And personally speaking, I think they should be because we need yep. to care about where we're taking the planet with these Absolutely. fossil fuels and where we're, we're taking, uh, uh, what, what kind of world we're leaving for, for our kids because, exactly. uh, the amount of climatic disasters that we have seen in recently, and we would go mm. on a different trajectory with this, but we're, we're talking about markets. But just to quickly say that, you know, fossil fuels are not the future and they would be phased out. And I, I don't want to cry foul or uh, conspiracy yeah. theory here, but pandemic yeah, did did change a lot of dynamics and for the better, I would say. And uh, it, it is time that we make that switch. And I think the, the point of view uh, that you brought up about about companies and they have realized and they're actually the ones that know now that this is not the future for fossil fuels are not the future they have kind kind of started to make that investment towards the green economy and to Absolutely. towards uh, electric car future that we are seeing so uh, look 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 at the big three automakers of of us they have all made huge investments ford has made some like $7 billion worth of investment yeah. to, towards e, EV uh, future. So, you know, they realize where the world is going to and probably for the better, I would say. So And good for them for looking forward and, and For adjusting. looking forward and rather than being stringent and saying, oh, no, I'm, we are going to fight this and destroy <laughs> the world. But yeah, and uh, glad that they, they, they you know, yeah. thought some other it's way. It's definitely more easy for the auto manufacturers to pivot to electric. Yeah. Uh, the oil companies, on the other exactly. hand, they, uh, <laughs> they're going to need to definitely rethink yeah. their entire business plan. They will eventually, otherwise they're just going to fade into obscurity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the right word, actually. Yeah. <laughs> fade into obscurity. So one thing that is not fading into obscurity is the dollar index and the greenback. No kidding. <laughs> it continues to rise. And as I kept saying last week that we are going to look at the dollar index touching that 105 level, and it did on Friday. And it uh, kind of faded off a little bit uh, after that. Obviously, with the risk on sentiment in the uh, equities, it there was a technical correction. It is a little bit overbought uh, right now, and it's been going on uh, for, for a while now. So there might be some correction here, and that could uh, see it come down to 103 80, 90, somewhere in that range, and then down to 102.50 if there's a reversal to risk appetite. But looking at the market so far, it doesn't seem that uh, that sentiment is getting any traction, at least for today, right now, as we speak. So dollar index remains in a very bullish channel. Greenback continues to rise against other currencies and uh, in return, putting pressure on equities in the U.S. and elsewhere in the international markets. Looking at some uh, individual pairs, and the most important one that plays the huge part in how dollar index behaves is EURUSD, which accounts for, which has a huge weightage in that, that index, is currently trading at 104, just above its intraday support of or at, at 103.85. It already touched a 19-year low at 
103.50 thereabouts last week. And it's uh, after, I would say, a dead cat bounce here. That's all I can see right now for Euro USD. It, it's turned lower and with US equities behaving the way they are so far in early hours, the risk appetite is not there. So most of the major currencies are under pressure against the US dollar and the and the dollar index is up. Commodity currencies are, are holding a little bit of uh, gains against the dollar here. And obviously, uh, Canadian dollar is one of them. And because the price of oil has a huge impact of how Canadian dollar behaves because they're huge, big exporters of oil. It's, it's uh, It has gained a little bit of ground against the greenback since Friday, but not enough to... Not enough to say that it's a trend reversal yet, but uh, again, with equities under pressure, it's probably the the bullish momentum that's going to stay in place for now. Uh, for USD CAD, the resistance is at 29.80 and it's trading at 29.15 right now. For the downside, we're looking for it, the pair to go down to as much as 28.70 and... 2845 in extension. If that resistance gets penetrated, we could see the pair move up to 130.10 to 130.40. Well, that's Forex for you. And with that, we move on to our favorite segment of cryptos. It was a bit of a bummer for, for cryptos last night when the Chinese data came out, because before that, it took that positive sentiment in equities that we saw on Friday, and we had a f- we saw some nice gains in in crypto markets, which was quite a bit of relief after that Luna saga that we've been seeing, which is by the way still playing out. So mm-hmm. it's it's still something that uh, we need we will be watching closely and what kind of far-reaching consequences it's going to have on the crypto market eventually. Bitcoin. Uh, bounced to as much as 31,300 earlier and it has slid how much here almost $1800 it's trading at 29,500 right now and again with Nasdaq down and all three indices basically down in the US markets it's uh, looking at uh, the the sentiment on on weekend that we saw as kind of waned again and it started off with, with that Chinese data that dented the risk appetite for all the riskier assets. And that includes cryptos, obviously, because they are considered one of the riskier assets, one of the biggest riskier assets in the market there. Again, a lower kind of a high for, for Bitcoin here. Still nowhere close to its resistance uh, in the daily chart that I can see somewhere in the region of 34 0.5k to 35k so it's trading well below that well, well below that the bear sentiment is still in place markets haven't really budged from where they closed on a weekly basis on friday uh, barring friday which was a good day but again as i've repeated countless times before as well one one day doesn't make a trend could just be a technical rebound and that's that that's what it looks right now at least for sure let's look at what ethereum is doing falling even further giving up the gains from friday almost i would say 70 percent of the gains are already gone it's trading just above the two thousand dollar mark to 2010 to be exact right now it went up all the way to 2165 before sliding again 
starting last evening and this morning. And the previous low is somewhere in the 1800 region, still still some ways to go there, but it looks that, again, it, there's another lower high in place for Ethereum as well. It really desperately needs to move up to that 2300 level mark for me to get comfortable and say that, you know, it looks that it's starting to make a rebound. So cryptos are under pressure as well. And just because we have to, we looked at, uh, we were saying something about the Luna saga. I just want to see what that coin is doing right now. And UST is actually dropped again and dropped pretty significantly this morning. It's trading at 0.0567 and that's a huge way off. That's almost like 99.99% off its parity. So that that coin is deep in trouble. Probably this project project (laughs) might be on its way (laughs) out. The expression cents on the dollar kind of comes to mind. It's uh, Luna, the sister coin, the project coin of... uh, the, pro, uh, the, the project that came up with the, this algorithmic stable coin is at 0.00013 as we speak. So that's what I meant when I said, you know, the project is, it looks like it's pretty close to being shuttered out. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how things uh, take a turn from here in the future. But uh, again, one project dying in crypto doesn't necessarily mean that the whole Cryptoverse is dead, and obviously there are going to be some projects which are eventually not going to work out, but you can't really have a blanket statement for that, and you don't really need to panic in that sense that crypto is just going to hell. It it is not. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, this will definitely be a case that we will be analyzing for years for to sure. come yeah. and and referring back to as a, you know, just what a complete disaster can yeah. occur. Yeah, and, and we have seen a fair share of disasters in crypto world, and they haven't yeah. really... They haven't really decimated the whole thing. So uh, we'll, we'll continue no, to talk about not. this more. But uh, yes, uh, markets have uh, started the week on a, like a rainy day, as it is right outside for me here <laughs> and for you too, Stephen, I guess. Yep. But hoping for a, for a better week, th- this one, and uh, hope the markets uh, turn around for the better soon too. And that's the market cap for today. Thanks, Fessel. I appreciate your overview and insights. Uh, definitely the beginning of a new roller coaster ride. So happy Monday to everyone. And let's hope uh, this week pans out even better than last week did. Thank you very much for listening. Please join us again tomorrow for more up to the hour market news. Feel free to check out Fessel at FK Lives to Learn on Twitter and at trade underscore nut on stock twits. You can find me at linktree slash Stephen Reza. Thanks very much. Talk to you tomorrow.